Anthony, and welcome to tonight's show. Tonight, we're going to be talking about that audio system that you're always struggling with and how to get that to sound great and be able to you know, be the system you want it to be. David Myers is going to be talking to us tonight about gain structure. He's going to be going through and kind of explaining a lot of the little nuances of your sound system. That'll be our show tonight. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. DJ Event Planner will change the way you manage and run your business. Streamline all of your procedures and software into one easy-to-manage system. DJ Event Planner, the ultimate online planning tool. Right, we are back tonight. Gain structure, audio, it's gonna be great. David, take it away, give us awesomeness. Where's How's that? everybody doing out there? Once again, my name is Dave. Thank you, John, for letting me do this tonight. Yeah, thanks for coming um, on tonight. Before I start, I basically wanted to show a few tools that are in my toolbox that I recommend. And you're in the garage, so that is a perfect spot to be talking about <laughs> tools. Yep. <laughs> um, the best friend that you will get, and I will say, it will make everybody go in debt is Home Depot and Lowe's. So be careful. Be very, very careful. I've seen people spend six, $7,000 walking out of there. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. So when I go to set up my shows, especially even though we're going to jump for a second into lighting, on the bottom of all my lights, I actually label them. Mm -hmm. I want to know what number they are. So that way, when I go to set them up on a truss or wherever, I know what fixture it belongs to. This blue, blue tape. Painter's, Painter's tape. tape. Yeah, yeah. Never leaves a mark anywhere. Best friend. And a Shopee. Always keep Shopees in your tool bins. Best friend. Second best friend with that? Scissors. Get a nice high-end pair of scissors. They will never fail. Do not let anybody borrow them because you will never see them again. Yep. Because they are that expensive. Mm -hmm. All my cables have this. They're all different colored tapes. I will show that to you real quick. I have two cables right here. DMX cables, when you buy them, they usually come color-coded with blue. Yep. So I label my own when I make them or I buy them. I label them with blue tape. And my audio always gets a red. My miscellaneous that can be used both ways goes white. So those are my biggest best friends along with this guy. Uh-oh. I think we froze up. I wonder if that tipped and hit the keyboard. And that's, uh, that caused it to, to, uh, to pause on us here. We will see if David uh, bounces back. Actually, we're going to take a, a second here. We'll run, run uh, this spot, and we'll be right back here, gang.
All right, we are back. David, uh, David's connection, for some reason, had kind of bugged out there, and he'll be able to... Uh, uh, yep. He'll be right back with us here. This is part of the fun of doing live live programming. So we'll get David back, and then we're going to be talking about... Uh, he's got some different graphics and things he's going to share, talking about gain structure and audio. But he wanted to share a few of his uh, favorite little uh, tricks and tips and such in that uh, first little session. Uh, tonight... After we get done uh, with David and I are done, then we've got Ben Stowe. Uh, Ben's going to be coming in, and it's a question and answer night for Ben Stowe. Ben is going to be in on remote, coming to us remotely from Chicago tonight, and he's going to be doing some question and answer. Then in our 10 o'clock Eastern hour, Brian Red and I are going to be talking about some ways. It, it, some of his videos recently have been kind of talking about investing in your business and how to save a few bucks here and there. And our, our last week talking about tablets and such and how to save a few dollars. Well, we're going to really focus on those kind of ideas and tips to help you save some money in appropriate places. And of course, there's some places that it isn't. Uh, you just not a good spot to be uh, kind of trying to cut corners, save money, what have you. And we're going to be talking about that in our third show, one, two, three, four, well, one, two, three, and going from there. Uh, looking into uh, for tomorrow, uh, tomorrow night, I think MJ's got a show that he's going to be doing tomorrow evening, Wednesday evening. Uh, but Dave and uh, Jeremy are off tomorrow night because of wedding NBA going on. They are down in, Jeremy's down in uh, Las Vegas with that. Speaking of Wedding NBA, Thursday night show with Casey. We're going to be looking at what he picked up from Wedding NBA, and he's going to be doing that show uh, Thursday night. He and uh, Jody Harris, Jody, who's been with us uh, numerous times on different shows, will be coming to you on, uh, on Thursday evening talking about what they picked up at this year's show. Um, from what I've been hearing and such, uh, they've been enjoying themselves in Vegas. Here, as far as the people, some of my friends who've been re kind of uh, reporting of what it's like there on there, they've but then it, it's always when you're in Vegas, you can always have a good time unless, you know, you're, you're over overworked or you've got too many things going on. So that is going to be our shows for tonight. Uh, yeah, I'm wondering uh, if, if something, uh, if uh, if the little little thing hit uh, hit the keyboard a little bit too hard here. So we'll give uh, give David a little bit of time to uh jump hey ron uh ron's coming to us from canada i've always got todd here thank you that was a pretty good trick it's interesting how it, there was that delay because it probably hit the keyboard so you saw it here and it, there was just that little lag that was kind of a kind of an interesting thing um but yeah we'll be getting hopefully getting david back up hopefully it didn't cause any damage to his machine that would be like oh no oh no so we'll get back to him um yeah, this, today was uh, one of those days where we spent. I spent the day building one of these garage in a boxes. If you've never done something like this and built, put one of these, assembled one of these these um, shelter logic kits. I've seen shel the shelter logic kits. You know, everyone's got those and such. But today, I decided it was going to be the day to put it together because I wanted to have one that would basically keep the snow off my son's car this winter. Because Dad's the one who gets out and cleans the car off and starts it in the morning because he wants to make sure that the car is ready to go and safe before the kids leave. It's kind of a dad thing. Yes, I know. He's a teenager, and he should be able to go out and do it himself, but I want to make sure it's done and done right. So now I decided to go and get the shelter logic thing and get it uh, get it going, and my day of, of assembling that in the snowstorm. That's what, or not a snowstorm, but snow flurries all day long. My dog was sitting there, and she would be looking at me like, why are you outside? It's snowing. I'd put her in her house. Then 10 minutes later, she's barking, I want to come outside. Yeah, it was a great day. A great day for 
for uh, putting that uh, together. It's going to shoot a couple of videos on that. For those of you who have not put one of those together, there's a few tips and such that you learn the hard way on what, how, to do, uh, how to do these things and do them correctly. So we will see if Dave, David can make it back here. We might end up having to do, start the show all over again. For those of you who are watching that, we may just uh, restart the show and then pick it up from, uh, pick it up. You guys got to see the beginning part. We'll probably just jump right into the audio gain side. If he can get, uh, there we are. I think he's coming back in. I'm starting to see. There he is. Ah, sorry about that, guys. Okay. What happened was this actually fell out of its box. It's my label maker. Yeah. <laughs> it knocked the laptop down, so I apologize. Oh about no. That. Oh no. Yeah. So basically, you uh, label everything. Everything you have, inputs, outputs, um, anything you need to label, use this. This will be your best friend. Mm -hmm. That way, you know if you have a fifty foot, a hundred foot, thirty foot, whatever it whatever may be, it use that for that. So, and then my other best friend, a $200 router. Okay. Do not scamp on this. This is a dual band. So I got a 500 and a 2.5 with this. Sure. Okay. So you can run your, so on your iPad, you can have your lighting laptop connected on the 2.5 network and then the, your DJ laptop on the five. That's so now you have no interference. Mm -hmm. But now you can walk around the room. Do lighting on your iPad and do sound. You can do everything all at one time. Yep. So now, no issues. It takes a little so, bit. Of, it takes a little bit of time to set those up for those who have not ever have, haven't used a yeah. router like that. It does take Both. a little time to set it up and set it up in advance. And yep. what yeah, but you, then when you're there with the drive rack PA2 that I have, you connect it to that directly, and you have full control over it. What so whatever for, sound system you set up, you can do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, that way you'd have that connection. Exactly. Channel. What channel did you put that on, or have you changed the channel on that? Nope. Okay. I, I don't change anything. Okay. You don't have to. What you do is you set it up as a privatized network. So mm -hmm. that way you use like your cell phone and you put it on both. Now, if anybody tries to access it, even if they have your cell phone number, they're not going to be able to use it because you don't have it set up to go out to the internet. You only have it set up to hook up to whatever you have. So whatever your laptops are and stuff like that. And even then, there's no access because you turn off the file sharing within your computer. Sure. Yep. And that's that's pretty much what I have done. But I've there's a couple of venues that um, when you start a router, generally they're choosing was it one through eleven, I think, or one through twelve is what the channels yep. are. And I found that I've had issues because I was my band or I just was like it, not a good connection, and yep. I moved myself down into like nine or ten, and yep. I have not had any problem whatsoever. And I had the same thing with the Amer the. Uh, ADJ Airstream Bridge. So just something, yep. if you guys are using something like that and you're having, it's like, why am I, I, I've got this, like I'm over here and it's like, I lose connection. I can see it. It's, it could be a channel issue. Okay. Yes, it is. I, mine, I don't have change because like I said, most venues don't have five gigahertz. They're going to be running 2.5. Yep. Everything's two four. Yeah. Yep. So that's why I said, don't skimp on the router. There's guys out there. Um, they sell them at Home Depot. They have the Nighthawk. That's an $800 router. Oh my goodness. Yeah, but the Nighthawk, though, gives you, like, a mile coverage range, and that's more for, like, live sound, you know what I mean, where you're going to put it up on stage, and you're a good four or 500 feet away from the, from the stage, and you want your console to go to a wireless network so the musicians on stage could actually do their own monitor mix. 
So like on your phone or your tablet, they can have it on their stand and they can do their in-ears or they can do their flow wedges that way. And then you basically dial in just a little bit for them, give them access to it, mm-hmm. and you're done doing monitors for the day. Now you're just Excellent. mixing the band. Excellent. Nighthawk, you said that was? Yes, Nighthawk. I'm, yep. I have not heard of that one. I'm going to have to uh, – Yeah, some. it's, it's – uh, they sell different models. Home Depot um, – the one that I know that Home Depot has, I think, is like three or four hundred. Okay. So, and the thing is, the routers have gotten smaller too. It's actually smaller than your the keyboard on my laptop. Yes. And I have a seventeen-inch Asus gaming laptop, so you can imagine if I placed it right on top of it, how big it would physically be. Yeah. It's actually tiny. So, and that's the cool thing. If you have a facade, which I always recommend people to have, you can actually leave it right there, right out in the open, and you'll have no issues with it. So, but let's get into the actual subject that we're here for. Yeah, let's do it. Let's jump. All right. So now everybody should be able to see this. Yep. This is the rear image of what is the drive rack PA two, one of the best devices you can have as a DJ. I understand most DJs don't want to have the hassle of doing this where this comes into play to save you time, effort, and energy is if you're playing the same rooms constantly and you're having issues, this actually has a feedback destroyer built into it. Mm-hmm. And it also has a compressor. You have to learn. You have to play with it. I said for a long time, I swore I would never get one. Guess what? I can't <laughs> DJ without it now. And there's a reason for that. It's because I don't have to worry about blowing my subs. I don't have to worry about blowing my tops. Mm-hmm. I can actually redline my MCX-8000 and the input doesn't even clip hmm. just because of the configuration I have. Okay. I actually tell it to put a compressor on my left and right main ends, which that's what number five is. That's my left and rights. Right here, if you notice in the middle, this number six, there's two little buttons right there. It says plus four dB or minus 10 dB. Mm-hmm. I have another image I'm going to show you. Different controllers have different outputs. So depending upon what you have, you may have a plus four, you might have a minus 10. I was telling John before the show that if you are if you have it set to plus four in your controller, even though it has minus 10, it's not going to give minus 10. It's actually, if that switch is set to plus four, you're actually going to get plus four dB on the input side. Okay. So technically, even with the compressor on, you could actually go into distortion or otherwise known as clipping. Mm-hmm. And that is not good at all because if you're starting your signal off on clipping, you're already getting a bad, you're going to get yeah. a bad signal on these right here on all four of the six outputs that you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it, it only gets worse as it goes for sure. Yes, exactly. And then you're actually introducing as you start adding a compressor and EQ and all that, you start adding more noise to this, to everything. And it just gets worse and worse and worse. And people wonder why when a compressor kicks in sometimes, why they're losing sound. And that's because they have what's called the knee of the compressor mm-hmm. set too high. Ex- so explain what the knee is if, you're, if you can for us, please. The knee, basically what it does is a compressor is like this, okay? This is where the signal is not going to go past. It's like a wall, Yep. okay? So your signal's here. And what happens is as soon as it hits this, it pushes it back down, okay? If the knee is set too low, it'll actually do this. 
it'll actually drop it off real drastically. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, you lose sound completely. It'll actually cut the sound out. Oh. Yeah. So that's why a lot of times people try compressors um, and they like uh, Tony Fernandez, I believe his name is. Me and him have had discussions at length and he's totally right in the way he does the system. He doesn't want to use a drive rack because he wants to touch all his knobs. Sure. And that's fine. He actually has a compressor. He has a BBE. There's a big argument over the BBE, what it does, how it does it, if it's good for live sound. And you know what? If it colors it and does what you want it to do, there's no harm to have it, mm-hmm. you know? So for me, having the MCX-8000 and I have a minus 10 coming off my board, I have that input set to minus 10. Okay. Okay. So now I've got a match gain automatically, as long as I'm not distorting off my master, I automatically have a minus 10 input. So now I've got that perfect gain starting off. No issues with that going from there. So now, right here, this is actually directly from the manual, and it tells you, you select which version that you want for what's going to be coming in. Mm -hmm. So it actually even says it, a mixer or device which operates at a lower consumer level, such as some DJ mixers or consumer devices with unbalanced output connectors, such as RCAs. If you're not sure what the nominal output operating level of your mixer is, check the product's manual. Okay, so right within your own manual, you can see what the output is. So if I skip the next one, you can see it right there. What does it say? Plus four. Mm -hmm. So by me setting it to minus 10, I actually get a lower level signal. Does that make sense? Okay. So instead of it being, instead of doing the plus four, what happens is if I clip, and it actually pushes the compressor harder and it actually gives you that distortion I was talking about. So now by me having my drive rack set to minus 10 on the input side, even though it puts out plus four at unity, I don't have to worry about it having all that extra distortion or clipping. Gotcha. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I can, I can definitely see it because you're, you're, it's not, how how would a person say it? It's um, it's not it's not looking for 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 a uh, a, a super low signal in that particular case. It's it's looking for a yep. signal that's that's a warm signal, and mm-hmm. and taking that and doing what it needs to do as opposed to if it's looking for a super high, uh, a hot signal that would. Uh, yep. Exactly. And this is always your best friend. Anytime you want to know anything, your mixer, controller, what it can do. So if you were to take on your master out, whatever channel you were running, one through four or one through six or whatever it is, if you were to crank your bass, your treble, your mid, and your gain all the way out, you're going to get a plus 24 dB output. Okay. And that is allowed. Um that will give you straight distortion, though, because when <laughs> you turn the gain up to a certain point, you automatically see red. And, you know, there's nothing wrong, okay? People will say mixing in the red isn't great. It's truly not, but there's nothing that says you can't do it. If your output is sounding, if you can hear it, if you can't hear any distortion coming through your headphones or through your booth mix, or master just straight and it sounds fine 
you're doing good. You're you've got that perfect signal. But here's here's the catch with that. If you all of a sudden load a, load a track that isn't properly gained within whatever software, Serato, Virtual DJ, um, we'll even go to yours. Is it Mixmeister that you like? <laughs> I know I'm, I use Virtual DJ, but the, our running joke is Megaseg. Yeah, Megaseg. So no matter what you use, if the song is not properly gained within any any software, even Tractor, you will end up with distortion. Mm-hmm. That, that's the catch. I have, um, yeah, and I have seen that on a few tracks where the software is trying to autocorrect and there was a moment and all of a sudden everything came on and it's almost blew these, it pegged yep. the software. Yep. It, that happens so often with a lot of DJs and they, they, I seen them. It's almost like a deer in the headlights moment. Like, what do I do? How do I fix it? Yeah. The easiest thing is that, you know, I know a lot of guys don't like to, they don't do cue mixing or anything like that, but the guys who I know that do, that's your opportunity to fix it. Mm-hmm. That's one reason why I got the 8,000 is because I have my four channels. As you know, you can see the VUs on the four channels. Plus you see the master out. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, so for me, I use that as my guide when I'm mixing how loud my songs are. So whatever my song is on deck one, I want deck two to match that at least or be a little bit lower. There's nothing wrong with making a song a little bit lower than the current song you're playing. And then as you're playing it, bring the volume up on the gain as you're fading it in or mixing it in. You know, the guys who do scratching and stuff like that, they don't have the luxury to do that. Yeah. But the ones of us that are just doing basic mixing, you know, just doing a radio mix or a slam mix, you have the luxury to be able to do that. So, but the other thing I had wanted to show people was this. If you look at this, this is what the input meters look like. So when you're looking at the drive rack and your signal's coming in, it gives you both plus four and minus 10. So for me, when I'm looking at it, my zero dB, so the zero LED, which it shows it right there, I'm only at 7.7 positive, meaning I'm going above unity. Normally, my signal when I'm when I'm actually at full volume as is at negative 7.2 dB. So I'm technically below when it's outputting off my outputs. It's actually lower than unity. Hmm. Yeah. So then you're, yeah, you're just, there's that much more space. I have that much more headroom. And if I notice, if I'm listening and I'm walking the room like you should, uh, this is one argument I have with wedding DJs all the time. They say they don't want to leave behind the console once they get into open dancing. But guess what? My opinion is if you're not walking the room at least once every half hour, you're not doing your job. Because like last night, you guys were talking about having hot spots with music and blowing grandma away at different moments and times. Well, that's where that 7.2 can help you. You know, mm-hmm. I see guys just crank their speakers and then next thing you know, they're wondering why they're standing on the edge of the dance floor getting blown away. You, you can't. I use K, KE10s for most of my gigs. Mm-hmm. I put them at zero dB right on the back automatically i go to zero db now my control is the drive rack sure that's how i get that that's how i get more volume is through the drive rack because inside the drive rack you have a crossover the crossover is in the speaker 
And for me, I have an active, which is the drive rack. So what happens is when you're running a sub and a top configuration, most subwoofers have that built in already. However, here's your issue. They're set to 100 hertz. Okay. You walk into a room sometimes and you, you can hear it if you're running straight to your subs. There's sometimes a frequency that doesn't sound right. It sounds off a little bit. Yep, I've had that. And it's not even with your tops. It's just with your subs. You try your subs first. Make sure you get the volume you want before you turn your tops up. Well, that's, that's where it is. It's that you only have 100 hertz crossover. What the drive rack allows you to do is be able to do something like this. Frequencies can cross. Okay. Okay. When they cross, what you're doing is you're setting what we call a high pass and a low pass. High pass is anything below a certain point goes to your subs. Mm -hmm. Anything on a low pass is going to go to your tops. So if you cross them at a certain frequency, so say you set your subs up and you're listening to it and you're using the drive rack, you can turn around and go in and you can then set change that 100 hertz. It's not locked at 100. So in some rooms, I might drop it down to an 80 hertz. So my JBL, uh, uh, what is it, the eight, uh, PRX 818 XLF, I may not leave it locked at 100. I may drop it and run it between 20 hertz and 80 hertz. Okay. And have my K10 then pick up that difference and have it overlap and pick up that 100 hertz and send the 100 hertz up to my tops. Sometimes it's as simple as that, that that one frequency will be the savior. Mm -hmm. Now, you can also go higher too. You don't want to really go up to 120 hertz if you can help it because then you're turning your subwoofer into a full-range speaker. Yeah, and they're not designed to handle that 120 or above. To be honest with you, as long as you're not going into full vocal spectrum, I've actually heard guys, and I will openly attest to this, my first system was uh, PV SB2s. Okay, yep, very okay. familiar with that. Uh, Oh, yeah. The heavy guys. I had the SB2As and I had the SB2TIs. So we're talking about 150 pounds of a stack per side. <laughs> yes, That's works. what I used to bring just for speakers. So I would bring that for speakers and then I'd bring about another 400 pounds in amplifiers because I was running the CS800s and a 1.2K and a Samsung 500. And I would triumph the system and people are like, you don't actually have subs. And I go, yes, I do. They're the bottom cabinets because on the PVs, you have biamp input, which means you can run a separate amplifier for your horn and for your low. Yeah, I remember that. Yes. So this, the drive rack takes care of that same thing. The only difference is with the PA2 is that if you, there's a section in the me in the book I was reading right before I came on and I've seen some videos with Rick Webb. Yeah. about how he does some stuff and he's pulling full range. And I, and I, and I questioned him at one point and he goes, yeah, we're just using that as a, you know, we're using the mid range output as a full range going to the other set of speakers. And I'm like, huh, okay. You couldn't do that on the old one. So you're able to, so I was reading it literally before I came in over here to set this up. And I was like, wow, okay. You can actually set them up where you can have, any all three sets of outputs to be full range. Hmm. So if you're working in a nightclub and you've got your drive rack like I do in your rack, 
you don't have to bypass it. You just have to figure out how to create a preset so that way you can take the full range output and connect it to the nightclub or the bar or wherever you're going. Mm -hmm. So that way you get a straight output. And what's great about that is you actually have a preventive measure before you're even hitting the nightclub sound system. You can actually stop your own songs from peaking and causing issues to their equipment. Which would definitely be beneficial. They would love that. They'll appreciate that. Oh, yeah. So, uh, so with that, do you have any questions about that? Um, so, so when you, you were talking, of course, about, about you're using the K10s right now yeah, with your system, um, mm-hmm. are you, is, is, do you, on the, speak of themselves then you must have the top set for full range. You don't do anything for rolling off on those at all. Do you? No, I don't. I actually, depending upon the gig, I'll be honest, uh, depending upon the gig, will depend upon the setting I use. Most of the time, it's on normal, but here's a trick. Um, on the back of it, you actually have a normal mode and you have a vocal boost. Okay. Have you ever tried the vocal boost before? I have. I've worked with different that have a variation okay. of that, yep. Okay. The vocal boost allows you, if you're, if you're at the moment in time when you're about to do speeches, guess what I do? Hmm. Right before I start introducing the bride and groom, I walk over to my K10s and I hit that switch. Sure. I push it into vocal boost. The reason why is it's going to make the vocals of your music and you talking on that mic, it's going to bring that mid-range up a little bit in your in your horns. So now if you're running a big room and you've got eight speakers spread all over the place, if you set all your speakers like that, there should be no reason nobody's hearing you. Sure. And then... <laughs> Once the speeches are done, I go back to the speakers and I turn that off. Because once you're done speaking, you don't need it. Mm-hmm. Could you achieve the same thing with the the um, your your, uh, your with pe- the drive rack? Drive rack. Thank you. Um, no, no, I- because what happens is this. That's a very specific frequency. What's that set to? Okay. Mm-hmm. When you go and adjust it, you're actually adjusting your EQ. When you adjust your EQ that's when your feedback destroyer is not going to do its job because oh. now you now you're circumventing what because there's one thing i do that not a lot of guys do in the professional world ben will tell you this next time you talk to him ask him about using an rta mic to pink the room yep, that's we, what we call it yeah okay? we talked about that yes every time i walk into a room i have a hundred foot dedicated cable and i bring a microphone stand with me and i bring my my old uh drive rack pa uh measurement mic it's it's a specifically dedicated mic that you use with an rta that has flat response that's all it does you set this up even when i do live sound i actually have it run into smart and it tells me what's going on at that moment in time so i'll pink the room even if i've been to a venue a thousand times i'll pink it because what happens is pink noise is equal energy at all frequencies So you get no boost, no dips, no nothing. So I go in and do a wizard, and what happens is I match it. I will actually take a picture of the current one for a room. Then I will repink the room, and then I'll take the picture, and I'll I'll verify it. I'll go bouncing back and forth between them and see what changed because – when your linens are in the room are different, when your table, if you if you do one event in the same venue where you've got 
basic chairs and then you get chair covers, guess what? Your sound's going to change. It does change, yes. And the sad part is you're doing it in an empty room when you need to when Now, here's a little interesting known fact. Did you know skin is reflective? It bounces off the skin? Sound bounces off skin. Hmm. Okay. However, when you go to a wedding, what's mostly everybody wearing? Shirts. Yep, exactly. All that kind of stuff. Well, guess what? Your sound gets absorbed. (laughs) By the clothing. So if you were playing to a nudist colony, you would have issues. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So that's the thing um, that because I also do live sound like Ben does, um, not on the same level he does, but um, you you come from a different world Mm -hmm. when you talk about gain structure in that respect, because you hear differences, you hear the nuances, you're paying attention for those little things that you really want to know. So like most of the time I can walk into a room and I can tell if a DJ or even a live engineer is actually pushing their subs too hard. I can actually hear that noise. Mm -hmm. And it's not because I'm trained to do it. Anybody who, who knows any little bit about sound, you walk into a room, you can hear it. Yeah, you can yeah. actually not, it's not a bottoming out sound like everybody thinks. There's actually what they call natural harmonic distortion when you play music. You can hear that distortion. That's the distortion, the clipping. You can hear it as you're playing. So yeah. when you got things, the game is too out of whack on something, that's when you'll hear it. That's when that happens. Yeah, and I think I've we've been to many, many events, and I've, I think I've shared, there was one in Vegas, uh, one of the DJ conventions, and they were showing speakers, and it's like they mm-hmm. were just, you could just tell that there was something not set right because those speakers just sounded like they were right at the edge of, of yeah. horribleness. Yeah, and when it's on that edge of horribleness, that's you, like... When you have the major conventions, um, and I'm going to be open and honest, I haven't been to a convention in over 20 years. And that's partly due to my financial situation as well as I have my family life. Mm-hmm. I take care of my mom. I, take, I have an 11-year-old nephew I have to take care of. So for me, it's not feasible as much as I would love to and go and get education for me, my education is YouTube, and everything that you do, John, has helped me to become a better DJ. So thank you for that. Yeah, you're very, very welcome. But it also comes down to trying. You have to try stuff. If you're not willing to sit there in a garage, I'm in a, I would say, a 20 by 15 foot garage. Okay. Okay. It's the best place to learn what sounds good, what sounds bad. Yep. Got to be careful. You also have one thing I always recommend is hearing protection. Okay. What do you use for that? Go ahead, please. I actually, believe it or not, I have a couple of different things. My main thing is I just get them at Home Depot. I buy them for $15 a bag. It's just regular, the orange squishy. Yep. Yep. Though, And they take it down, I want to say five to 10 decibels. Yeah. And that's all you need. Now the you the uh, last night's thing I had mentioned a comment and I said about mixing on the dance floor at ninety decibels. Mm-hmm. I actually mix at ninety decibels. If you go out in the middle of the dance floor when there is a ton of people and you were to take an actual measurement mic on C weight 
it actually comes up at 90 if you're in the middle of everybody. Mm -hmm. I learned that from a very famous person. People will know the band name, but they may not know the engineer. It's Linkin Park's engineer, Pooch Van Druten. Okay. Okay. He said we, meaning us, DJs, sound guys, we have a responsibility to the public. We do not want them walking away with an earache. Yes. Yeah. Ever been to a concert and you walk away and you're like, for like 20 minutes, you can't hear. You got ringing in your ears. Yeah. That's tend That's actually, you're on the borderline of getting tendonitis. Mm -hmm. Okay. A lot of famous musicians get that. So mm -hmm. if you think about that and you've got people in front of your speakers, it gets bad. Oh, it can sure. get bad very quick if frequencies are not working properly. And I'm, it's sad to say, but the newer generation of kids, they're going to have hearing loss by the time they're 30. Oh, yeah. With, with earbuds and cancellation stuff, they're going, you know, I see, I've heard people on subways, I could hear their earbuds and I'm 15 feet away from them. Yeah, that's crazy. And yeah. My my hearing, of course, I have lost some frequencies. That's from years of lawn mowing as a kid and then DJing as an adult. If I could yep. go back and change that, yeah. My, well, my children live with hearing protection. It's part of their repertoire. But you see so many, as you say, with the headphones that are just blaring so loud. Or they're driving their car, and I can hear their car six cars away. Yeah. I mean, there's oh. nothing wrong. I'll be honest with you. Even I'm guilty of it. There's nothing wrong with having that guilty pleasure. And mm -hmm. that's where the CD I showed you, this <laughs> yes. is my new guilty pleasure. <laughs> I went to see it on Sunday. I went shopping on Monday and there it was in front of me for $11. I'm like, how can I not resist to buy it? Because there's a lot of great material that was done by Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. So I'm like, this is going to be a DJ thing, you know, double whammy for me. Yep. That first song that the movie opens up with black eyes. What do you think I did? I cranked it. Yeah. <laughs> it, but the thing is though, certain songs take you it, as we all know, take you to a certain moment in time. I'm a fan of Van Halen. Okay. I started playing guitar because of him. That reminds me of that. Sure. And when I heard it in the movie, I'm like, wow, this, this is different. This is, and then when you hear the actual, even though it's live from Coachella, that's where they recorded it. Cause I've been watching videos to learn about it. It, believe it or not, Willie, so Willie Nelson's son is the backing band. Hmm. Yeah. So that tells you how good of the music is on it. But if you sit in a place like a car and you turn it up a little bit while you're driving, Listen to it and train your ear to what it sounds like. Then turn around and play on the equipment that we have. Mm -hmm. Okay. You can actually hear it. You don't want to match it to what the car sounded like. You want to take a pair of headphones that you love, Sennheisers, Bose, whatever. You want to get to know it on that. Then you want to match your sound system to those headphones. Yes. That's how you know you now have the right kind yeah, of sound. You get, yeah, you've got things kind of set and that is a trick from Dave Rat. He's actually owns a company called Rat Systems out in California. He's the number one guy to go to for stuff. He has the most expensive sound system in the world. Wow. 
It's made, and this is going to blow a lot of people's minds. It's made by Evie. Yeah, really? another brand we love, right? Yeah. Everybody loves that. It's called Anya. Hmm. It's actually a, when Tom Petty toured and he was doing baseball stadiums, they say to this day he's the only one at Boston's Fenway Park people could hear. Because he toured, he knew, he knows about he knew about sound. Mm-hmm. He actually asked Dave Rat to provide him with the Anya system to give you an idea. 40 cabinets of that is about $280,000 for a rental cost. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Because it's a self-contained system. If you do watch videos on it on YouTube, you can learn about it. And it's an awesome system to learn about, to see how EV creates the Evolve 50. It creates all these other systems we know and love, ETX, EKX. And they can take that technology that they're using in the Anya stuff and they're putting it down into our level, hmm. our price bracket. That Because a lot of that technology translates into consumer grade that DJs are using. So that's where we get when you go into the back of the cabinets and you've got DSP configurations. Yep. It comes from touring, con- from touring speakers. That's what that is. And then they've just kind of translated it down for our uses yeah. and such. Interesting. Yeah. And all the all the companies are doing it because they realize not just DJs, but local sound guys, they need more. Because some guys are walking in, like I said, without a drive rack. And they're just setting up that basic configuration of I've got one sub or I've got two. Or I've even seen some local bands walk in with six subwoofers. But here's the cool thing. They only bring four tops. Why? Because tops are more direct. It's what we call a point source. Where you point it, it's going to go. You do have a spread on a cabinet, anything from that to that. So when you put two side by side, and if there's an angle on your speaker cabinets and you put them side by side, you ever notice what happens? I've had some they get cancellation. A angle, right? Mm-hmm. You ever notice when you go see a concert what happens? You got the curve going this way, right? Yep, yep exactly. Because they, they don't need it to go this way. They need it to go that way, yep. right? Well, when you put two speakers together, you're doing the opposite. Instead of it going this way away from you, you're actually making it do this. You're actually taking, say, an 80-degree dispersion, and you're making it like 160 degrees. So that's why you see some bands, they'll do that. And it's because they want that wide angle yeah. coverage, but they don't want it enough with four cat. If they were to do four cabinets, you'd get too much because now it's going to bleed back onto the stage. Yeah, And then you, then you get into a whole nother world of trouble. So, but this is another cat. This is a catalog that I get once a year. Oh yeah. It's yeah. Water. It's a free catalog. I recommend everybody get this, go to Sweetwater's website and get it. The reason why everything I'm talking about, any kind of equipment you want to know about, it's all in here. Do your research. This is a free book for you. I also have other books that I get. Ben's going to love this when he watches this video. I can guarantee it. This is called PLSN. This is actually projection lights and staging news. Mm -hmm. This particular one is from July of this year, and it's the video production of YouTube. It goes in depth about their video projection for their latest tour. Oh, wow. And it's free. 
So you'd be stupid not to have this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a few different sources like that out there like that are free. Well, the sources. other one, which me and you, John, even though we're different ages, but you're going to appreciate this one just by looking at the name on it. <laughs> this one's FOH Magazine. Mm -hmm. Okay? Watch this. I actually read this on my phone or on my iPad. Yep. This is what I've been getting because I haven't renewed my subscription to it to get the physical catalog. Yep. Guess what's on the back cover? Avante speakers. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what's great about these is they do shootouts throughout the year. On the video one, uh, the this one, the lighting one, they've got the arc source moving lights. So they did a shootout on all different brands and manufacturers. And they're not just dealing with professional grade. They, I've read articles in there where they've talked about the, like I've got the American DJ UV bar, DMX lights. Yeah, yeah. They did a shootout for black lights and they were a part of it. So they talk about consumer grade all the way to the professional grade. Mm -hmm. So you can, if you're looking for a new set of speakers, sure, going on YouTube, reading reviews online are great, but that, Gives you another perspective because you've got professionals who tour the industry who are doing these shootouts. They're giving you more opinion than what you'll see in one five minute video. Oh, for sure. So, and that that's what I like to do because when you go in those, if you go to the middle section, it actually gives you a concert tour listing. So it'll give you six of the current tours during that month. It actually breaks down what they're using. So if there's a band out there, Imagine Dragons, U2, Guns N' Roses, Metallica, whoever it is, and you're interested in knowing what they're using, that cap, that magazine might have the tour in there, and you get to see what kind of console they're using for lighting and sound, what kind of speakers they're using. So that way, if you turn around and you're getting into these bigger productions, like I'm helping out doing a fundraiser on Sunday, I'm doing the lighting aspect of it, Does the company? another company is doing sound, if you're getting into that level, that's what these are good for. Sure. How do you take the Q spot, the Chave Professional Q Spot 160 LEDs? How do you take the Chave uh, LED uh, Intimidator 250s? And how do you take them using something like Show Express and turn them into a professional looking show? You know, without haze or fog. How do you do that? The best thing to do is read stuff like that. Yeah. Because now you're you're actually learning from the people who are out there and they're using the the high-end consoles that cost forty, fifty thousand dollars to buy. You can go rent them sure for two thousand, three thousand a week. But why? We've yeah. got the tools at our fingertips. Show Express allows us to do a lot more than what most people think. Same yeah. thing with the drive rack software. People look at the drive rack and think, oh, you got to do everything. No, I actually, if I hook up the drive rack to the router, I can connect my laptop to the drive rack. And without going out on the dance floor, I can make minor adjustments that I need to. Mm -hmm. So if I feel like the, at that moment of time during speeches, I'm since I'm a single op, I'm behind my console. I will actually have up on the screen the actual drive rack software. If I feel the uh, feedback destroying system is not doing what it's supposed to do at that moment in time, there's actually a live release button. What that does is every frequency it's locked into, it resets it. Hmm. So it starts all over again. 
And the great thing about it is you can select from six to 12 filters. So what that means is if you look at a fit frequency spectrum that's flat, yeah. it goes in. And when it starts to hear a little bit of noise, it'll actually start gradually dropping, 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 dropping the frequency until it, it's gone, until any noise in that spectrum. So we all know and love around 1K, 2K, that's when we know most feedback happens when we're doing, when we got speeches going on, Yeah, you know, because the person's got the microphone like this and, yep. yeah, and they're in front of the speakers and it's like, and most people are like, well, I don't get any feedback without it. Sure, you don't, but guess what? If they make one wrong move and you have to adjust that volume, guess what? You just now could create feedback without yeah. even thinking about it. Yeah, unintentionally. Yeah, and you know what one of your best friends is when it comes to feedback? The bass knob. Yes. If yeah. you drop it down to 75% below zero, you've just eliminated 95% of all your feedback through your microphone. And and that that is referring to the bass taking out that high-pitched squeal as the microphone yep. and everything are trying to uh, compensate and people are like, oh, I don't hear a bass rumble on, on feedback. No, it's tied together, but it's not bass that it's feeding back. It's compensating. Da, 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 da. It's a weird world. It's so interesting. I actually, I don't own one, but a buddy of mine let me borrow an oscilloscope for car audio. Okay. okay. So it's just two leads. I took a regular XLR cable like this. Yeah. I actually did something you're not supposed to do. I peeled it. I literally peeled it so it's just the two wires okay. with the ground, okay? I took the probes, and I put it on the positive and the negative. I watched feedback from zero feedback to feedback. Now, when you see it, you, you almost, let's put it this way, I almost did number two. Just seeing it in, on a screen to see how it will grow from being this big to this big in a millisecond. Yes, quickly. Yay feedback. Yeah. It, it's so amazing how fast feedback will get, bite you. And that's why, you know, sure, it's great to have a 31 band EQ in, the, in your rack. And for bigger systems, like I was saying earlier, Tony, he has a Nexo system. He's got to run certain gear with a, with a system like that. You've got to have an EQ. You've got to have a crossover. Everything has to be broken out because you're running a higher end type of speaker because it wants all that separate stuff. Sure. However, when you're running like what we do, the Evolve 50 and stuff like that, the drive rack is your answer. Mm -hmm. It will save you that legwork of you hand the microphone off and you've got five speeches that have got to be handled. Now, when you have assistants, who's the one who knows sound the best? Is it you or is it your assistant? Most likely me over an assistant. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So now here's the nice trick. This is why I recommend getting the router I just showed you guys. Yep. Is because you can take your phone, you can take your iPad, connect the app. So you could be standing off to the side while pictures are being taken. And guess what you have in your hand? You have control over your drive rack now. Mm -hmm. So you can actually listen which we need to with our ears, if you start to hear frequencies while your assistant's making adjustments, you can go in to where the EQ section is, and then you can make minute adjustments on top of it. So that way you're even doing even more. And 
I've done that. Even being a single op, I walk away from my console. When the speeches are being done, I walk away from it because you know what? I want that microphone back because one of my secrets to getting a big applause before we even kick dinner off is that I do a first kiss. Okay. So as soon as the speeches are done, the toasts are done. I usually work with my wife on the photography. Uh -huh. She's the other half of the business, hence flash and dance photography and DJ service. Yeah, there you go. I see that. So when, we're, when we're working together, she knows I do this. So she's already key to it. The bride and groom know about it, but the guests don't know about it. And I always say, ladies and gentlemen, we're missing the biggest thing of the night, the first official kiss to kick off the reception. I also verify that the bride and groom are okay with the clanging of the glasses, or do they want people to get up and sing a love song or some type? However, yeah. Or is the venue okay with it? Because some venues hate the glasses because they're afraid that somebody's going to break one. But let's say they can clang the glasses. Perfect moment for a photo op. What better than to take five seconds out of your day? But if you're a single op, how do you make that moment happen? If you've got to run all the way back to your console <laughs> and you got to make some sort of adjustment. Yep. That's the main reason why I went to the drive rack. Nice. Was for that, for that reason. And then when my old drive rack, which I have sitting on my shelf died, I went and I was torn. Do I get the venue 360? Do I get the PA two? What do I get? Because there's so many options. Once technology took over to go wireless, there's so many options. The world is limitless at that point. Yeah. Yeah, there are definitely a lot of, a lot of cool things. And there will be more showing here in a couple of, in about a month of that, two months down at yeah. NAM because that technology is getting really good. David, we got to wrap. We got, we got to, our time is, is run out here for us tonight. Uh, ah. Thank you much. Uh, great information. Uh, so I picked up a few things here that uh, I didn't know tonight. So thank you for your, your uh, passion and, and uh, information tonight. No problem. Gang, we'll be back in about five minutes or so with Ben Stowe with our second show tonight. You can go out to youtube.com slash distracting news and you'll find the player in about uh, three or four minutes. We'll catch you there. Uh -huh.